Well, we are heading down the home stretch of the Big 12, and there is a lot, a lot of fun happening for this conference right now. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's great to be here with you as it's Thanksgiving week, and happy Thanksgiving. I uh, hope you all are doing well, staying safe, and can't wait to turn the calendar to 2021, huh? <laughs> I know many of you can't. I can't either. And as we always like to do as we get it rolling, I want to take this moment out uh, to remind you, leave me a rating and a review on the podcast. I know you might think, ah, Pete, what's it matter? I got stuff to do. I've got a free Heartland College Sports koozie that's got your name on it if you do that for me. That's how much it would mean to me if you can do that uh, because it really does help grow this show organically. And it is growing organically because of you and because you rate and you review the podcast and you subscribe to it and you tell your friends and family. So leave me that rating and review. Send me a screenshot of it to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com and we'll get you a koozie in the mail. Thanks so much for that, guys. So, you know, last weekend was a very interesting weekend, not because the games were interesting, actually. Farmageddon and Bedlam both stunk as games, but the storylines coming out of it and the implications, obviously, are going to uh, hang with us for a while. And if you're on the radio show right now, not on the podcast, do know that we recap the games on a Sunday podcast-only edition of the show. So if you're on the radio, you want to get our Sunday game recap, you got to go to the podcast to go ahead and get that on Sundays. But uh, let me start off here. It looks like we're on a collision course for Iowa State and Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game. Now, Texas fans are going to say, whoa, 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 we're home. We're the favorites this weekend. What about us? I get it. I understand it. You have every right to feel that way. But coming out of the weekend, with the way that OU and Iowa State looked, those looked like the best two teams in the conference. Iowa State finally put together a complete game, and Oklahoma is getting better every week as guys get healthier, come back from suspension, get more experience like Spencer Rattler. That's just what it looks like today. Now, Texas on Friday may be like, uh, hold my beer. We're going to blow these Cyclones out of the water. They're not winning their first conference title since 1912. That's going to come to an end on Saturday or Friday, I should say. That, that may happen. But based on what I saw last weekend, I come out of this feeling like those are the best two teams in the conference. And let me add this as well. I touched a little bit on it on Sunday. If you're an Oklahoma State fan and you believe that Mike Gundy is not worthy of being the head coach of the Oklahoma State Cowboys, you have officially lost your mind. You are nutso. All right, this is what we call bad luck. This is the golden era of Oklahoma State football. It just so happens to be going up against one of the golden eras of Oklahoma football. That's a bad draw. That's bad luck. If you think somehow, some way that getting rid of a guy like Mike Gundy is going to solve all your woes, I promise you got another thing coming. You are going to be massively and sorely disappointed if that's the approach that you want to take moving forward for this program. That is going to let you down 10 out of 10 times. I know Mike Gundy stinks in this Bedlam game. He's 2-14 and 14 against OU. I know also that um, he should not have punted down 21 points from the opponent's 40-yard line. That was also an embarrassment on Saturday. But for all that, Mike Gundy's not the problem, okay? The offensive line has been a mess. That's one of the reasons I thought OU would cover the spread and win the game easily. Uh, 
and the offense does not have the mojo. But that's not a Mike Gundy has got to go type of solution or problem that this team needs to be looking into. It's just not. And I was stunned to see Oklahoma State fans actually entertaining that discussion. Jim Traber having that discussion. I Crazy stuff. By the way, this weekend's games, of course, we'll preview them later in the show. How does the top 20 matchup of Iowa State and Texas, essentially a quasi Big 12 elimination game, how is that 11 a.m. on Black Friday? Like, I, I understand ABC wants a good back-to-back, and they actually have a nice back-to-back. Iowa State, Texas, followed by Notre Dame, UNC, two top 25 matchups. But they've got Oregon, Oregon State on ESPN at 630. I understand you can't put that West Coast game on uh, at 11 a.m., and you want to have three games in a row all on your networks. I get it. But uh, really, you couldn't find, I, I don't know, one of the – I just just flip a game from the SEC. Put uh, Kentucky-Florida. That's kicking off 11 a.m. on Saturday. Put that there. I, I don't know. I just – you know, I, I get it. The TV scheduling is more complicated than those of us as fans make it out to be. But this is a top-20 matchup. It's basically an elimination game for the Big 12 championship. And you're going to put it 11 a.m. on Black Friday? I also know the Big Ten's not doing its usual stuff like Ohio State, Michigan's not this weekend. I, I I get all that. But, boy, this is one of the best games in college football this week, and it's one of only a couple of top 25 matchups. In fact, the only one, uh, only one of two, and they're both playing back-to-back on Friday. They're the two I just mentioned. But as a Big 12 fan, I admit, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, you guys got to be kidding me with this. You've got to be kidding me. It's just an embarrassment that uh, this is the time slot that you get. I mean, Big 12 fans often complain about too many 11 a.m. kickoffs, but it feels like that's just an ultimate kick in the groin. Uh, That's what it feels like in many ways. So that's what we're looking at heading into this weekend. And there are some, you know, underrated games. Oklahoma, West Virginia, can Oklahoma State bounce back and Lubbock? There's a lot to look into, and we'll get to it all, of course, as we do later in the show with our uh, picks and previews heading into the weekend. Uh, Let me touch on this as well. I didn't really get to it uh, on Sunday, and that is the allegations that surfaced of OU fans breaking the rib of an Oklahoma State student equipment manager. Let me set the scene for you here. Whenever a team kicks a field goal or an extra point into the north end zone in Norman, the fans have started over the past 10 years or so throwing the ball out of the stadium. According to people I spoke to, That ball is typically retrieved and returned to the team. Well, Oklahoma State had equipment managers up in the stands so their ball would not get thrown out of the stadium and they'd have to go retrieve it. And, you know, maybe that's part of the friendly rivalry, the gamesmanship, all that kind of stuff. They're like, you're not throwing our ball out of the stadium. Okay, fine. Well, uh, there were allegations surfacing that an equipment manager for the Sooners had a rib broken and he was assaulted. And then video surfaced of that event, which if you want to see it, it's up on our uh, main page, heartlandcollegesports.com. Just go to Big 12 News. You should see it there. Or if not, just go to the uh, Oklahoma or Oklahoma State team page. You'll see it there as well. So OU fans are being like, well, they, they should just throw the ball out of the stadium and then Oklahoma State will get the ball back just like what always happens, I guess, in these scenarios when the ball is kicked into the north end zone. And I can get that to a degree. I can. But if you've got 
equipment managers up there waiting for the ball and then getting assaulted by students and or fans, that can't stand. That can't happen. And I'm not, I'm not using this as a way to say all OU fans are just turds and they're bad people. No, every fan base, let me make this very clear. Every fan base has this type of a fan. If you're a fan of a team and you say that your team doesn't have this type of fan, you're a liar. Or you have no fans, okay? <laughs> it's one or the other. So I'm not using this and sharing this story as a way to say, oh, those, those Rubo youth fans, they just don't know any better. But this is, um, you know, something that can't be happening. And security, which was like right there, did a piss poor job. I wouldn't pay those security agents or whatever they are, those security guards uh, for that night after seeing the tape. I'll just put it that way because ultimately it falls on them. Fans are going to be fans. Drunk people are going to be drunk people. That's what security is there for. Like, that's, that's it. Your job is to stand, stand there and look kind of tough, and then if something bad does happen, you step in. So ultimately, it's a security failure is what it is. But I'm not going to sit here and use this as a way to just, you know, tarnish OU fans' reputations because that wouldn't be fair. And if that was your fan base, you would be saying the same thing right now. If that's not all of us. That's not most of us. You'd be saying the same thing. That was your fan base. So let's just be fair about it. I'm placing the blame on security. No matter what the tradition is, if you got a guy up there waiting for the ball and getting the ball for the Oklahoma State football team, he can't get assaulted, all right? That just can't happen. And uh, it's, a, it's a bad look all around, but it's not uh, something I'm going to sit here and say, oh, those OU fans, uh, they're all like that because they're not. I've been to OU games many times, um, and you know, generally I would say all the Big 12 stadiums I've been to Fans have been very, very pleasant. There's always a bozo or two, but that's nothing new for anybody paying attention to college sports, all right? It's just, uh, we all know that that's how it is in some cases. I, I want to get into this Kansas State coming out of Farmageddon. I understand that Kansas State fans are not pleased with the fact that this team has lost three in a row. But I do think we're at a point where Kansas State overachieved massively and maybe they've underachieved a little bit the last uh, few weeks or so. But at the same time, you got to still look at the season and say, this has been a massive success. Nobody saw this coming. Wins against Oklahoma, Tech, TCU, Kansas. Three tough losses in a row here. But, you know, the Oklahoma State game could have gone either way. All right? And if they win that game, it's still a very different conversation right now for the Wildcats. What this team has done, a young team, losing its starting quarterback, brand new offensive line, new faces all over the place. With what they have done, Chris Kleiman and, and you, the fans, and this team has nothing, nothing at all to be ashamed about. They've got a game at Baylor this weekend. I am stunned they're an underdog in that game. i got to be honest. I am stunned they're an underdog in that game. And then they've got Texas. All right, this team is going to go to a bowl game, and a lot of people didn't think that was possible, myself included, before the season. So I, we might have changed our expectations. But, you know, this was a tough spot going on the road with the COVID issues and big rivalry game. It was a tough spot. But I won't sit here and trash, you know, the Kansas State football program because they've had a couple of tough weeks. Uh, this is still a very successful season. I firmly believe that for the Wildcats. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. Great to be with you on another week. Coming up next, 
We'll dive into our power rankings. Don't miss them right here on heartlandcollegesports.com. And before we dive into those power rankings, uh, I want to make sure that as you get ready for this huge weekend in the Big 12, you know, you're sitting around with family and friends, right? Maybe you want to avoid them. You want to go hide in a guest room in the house and just watch college football. Well, you want to like a wager too, right? And let's be honest. You want to do that. Have a little more fun watching the games. Well, that's where our friends at mybookie.com come into play. And the promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, gets you a 100% sign-up bonus. Yes, it does. BIG12 at mybookie.com. You put in 100, 200, 500, you get that money in free play. That means you put the money in and my bookie says, okay, use the promo code big 12. And guess what? Here's hundred, 200 free bucks, whatever you put in, they match it. That means you basically have free money to gamble with, uh, in any big 12 game or any college or NFL game, whatever you want on a long Thanksgiving weekend. And you've got some great games this weekend, Texas, Iowa state, Oklahoma, West Virginia. We'll have our picks coming up, but, uh, mybookie.com with that promo code, Big 12, Big 1, 2 is your way to go, a way to support this site and also have a hell of a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Let's dive into our Big 12 Power Rankings for this week in the conference. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. All right, power rankings in order. Let's start at the top, the Oklahoma Sooners. Yes, you've heard this before, the Clash of the Big 12 Conference. Right now, after throttling the Cowboys in Bedlam on Saturday night. And if you're an Iowa State fan, you might be saying, whoa, 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 we've beaten OU this year. How are you going to say that they're ahead of us in the conference? Well, remember, these are done on a week-by-week basis. And nobody's playing better football right now in this conference than the Sooners. Iowa State had great performance. I'll get to them in a second. Great performance against Farmageddon. But OU is on a roll. I mean, a freaking roll, man. Uh, They have covered five spreads in a row. They are dominating teams. They're healthier than they've ever been. They're more experienced than they've ever been. Uh, They are absolutely rolling right now. The defense has given this team a huge lift with Ronnie Perkins back. And Ramondi Stevenson has that running game going. And Spencer Rattler gets more and more comfortable. So OU's in the top spot this week. Iowa State, don't worry, they're at number two. All right? They rolled through K-State 45-zip in Farmageddon. And if Iowa State plays like they did on Saturday night and they keep putting on those complete performances, the Big 12 title game is going to be epic. But I got to see it because they have not been a model of consistency this year. All right. They just haven't been. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. At number three, the Texas Longhorns. And they'll have something to say this week when they take on the Cyclones at home this uh, Friday, as we've talked about at 11 a.m. The winner is going to be a heavy favorite to play in that Big 12 title game. Uh, The Longhorns game was canceled against Kansas due to COVID issues with the Jayhawks. So this could be interesting. Does the week off give them an edge because they had more rest time, more prep time? Or is it going to be a little... Uh, rust to knock off there for Tom Herman and his Longhorns. At number four, West Virginia also coming off the bye week. Uh, they are at the uh, number four spot. They crushed TCU a couple of weeks ago. They've had a nice stretch here, and the defense is absolutely outstanding. Watching this front seven for West Virginia against Oklahoma's 
offensive line is going to be a thing of beauty. That is the matchup to watch in the Big 12 this weekend. If you want a matchup within a matchup, that's it. The West Virginia defensive line against the OU offensive line, that's the one right there. It's going to be so much fun this weekend. At number five, Oklahoma State falling from the third spot after Mike Gundy fell to 2-14 against OU. Uh, the off- Speaking of offensive lines, oh my goodness, the offensive line for Oklahoma State is a disaster on so many levels. A complete and utter disaster. So the offense has not been up to Gundy's standards. No matter how good the defense is, uh, it was going to give up points to Lincoln Riley. That happened, and now Oklahoma State's got to bounce back this weekend against Texas Tech. There's still a path for them to make the uh, Big 12 title game, but it's it's very convoluted. It is it is very convoluted and difficult to imagine uh, this happening for uh, for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So I want to share with you that path here, just just so you know what the path is for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And there's a couple of them. The simplest path, though, Oklahoma State wins out, Iowa State wins out, and OU loses to either West Virginia or Baylor. OSU and Iowa State would then play in the Big 12 title game. Because in that scenario, Iowa State's 8-1, and one, Oklahoma State's 7-2, and two, and OU and Texas would each be 6-3. and three. So that's the simplest way for Oklahoma State to end up in a Big 12 championship game uh, this year. So it's still still possible. I don't want to say likely, but possible. Number uh, six in our Big 12 power rankings, Texas Tech. They move up a spot. They didn't play this past week, but that's in part thanks to what happened at Kansas State, uh, who got blown out. More on that coming up. But also they're coming off that comeback win against Baylor, which should not go unnoticed. You know, Texas Tech fans have been frustrated, and I get it, and I'm sympathetic to it on many levels, okay? But still, they got a good comeback win. The big question now is, what is Texas Tech going to do with quarterback? Is it Alan Bowman, who replaced Henry Columbia, who got injured in that game, or do they go back to Columbia? I, I have no problem going back to Bowman. I, I, I don't. Um, Columbia's a nice player. You know, he'll get you a few yards on the ground if you're up by a couple of touchdowns. But in the Big 12, where you got to score points, even though it's more of a defensive year, you got to score points in this conference. And Columbia is just, I, I don't know. He's not that guy. The ceiling is still higher for Alan Bowman as, as much as he has struggled at times this year. At number seven, TCU Horn Frogs also coming off a bye following that brutal game against West Virginia, but they also move up a slot after how K-State played. All right. Horn Frogs, uh, they get Kansas this weekend. So should be an easy win. They're 24. Four-point favorites, even with a Thanksgiving turkey hangover, uh, TCU should have no issues. At number eight, the aforementioned Kansas State Wildcats, who were sixth last week. Not pretty. Not pretty at all in Farmageddon on so many levels. And as we talked about earlier, 4 no start. They've lost three in a row. They take on Baylor this weekend. They're somehow an underdog, but I think they can get back on track this weekend in that game. Speaking of Baylor, they're at the uh, nine spot. They've got one win this season against Kansas in the opener. Since then, they've lost five in a row and, you know, oftentimes blowout fashion, Texas and TCU. The box score won't tell you those games were blowouts, but, you know, those games were blowouts until Baylor scored some late points. And then come from behind losses against Iowa State and Texas Tech that burn you even more. So if Baylor's going to pick up a second win, it's going to be this week against K-State because after that, it's Oklahoma followed by Oklahoma State. That's going to be very, very difficult. And at number 10, uh, the Candace Jayhawks, they had a bye week. They fired the offensive line coach, and it's not going to make a big difference, but I get the move because for this program to make any strides going forward, 
they've got, got, got to find improvements on the offensive line. And that means they're going to do the high school route. I've said it every week. I'll reiterate it once again. Go the high school route, build these guys up, but it's going to be ugly. And I mean really ugly for a year or two. Really, really ugly. And that's something that I do not, do not want Kansas fans to, listen, I get it. You get blown out three, four touchdowns every week. It's not pretty. Heck, more than that. But still, understand the program is being rebuilt the right way. There's no doubt about that. It is being rebuilt the right way. Okay? So going into this weekend, a couple of things I'm watching for, actually. I've got a lot of intrigue uh, for the schools down in Texas. Like, Tom Herman is a favorite in this game. They should feel like an underdog going into the Iowa State game. But how, how does this team bounce back? If Tom Herman wins this game, I mean, he's safe. No matter what happens the rest of the season, he's safe for 2021. They're not going to fire the guy. They're just not. If he gets blown out in this game or it gets ugly or something happens and then they're out of the Big 12 title picture, who knows? If enough Texas boosters are like, Urban Meyer wants to be here, we're going to get him, then it could be an interesting situation. But if he wins, he saves his job. So uh, keep that in mind. Texas Tech gets an Oklahoma State team coming off a bad loss while Tech had a bye week and a win prior to that in comeback fashion. How do they build on that? That's something I want to see from Matt Wells' team. Of course, what do they do at quarterback? How long does that last? What's happening there? TCU in Kansas. TCU will blow them out, but TCU's got to look good. I, I mean, third straight mediocre season for Gary Patterson. The team's got to look good. Now, Kansas will make you look good, but they've got to do it. And then Baylor against Kansas State. If Baylor's going to pick up a second win this season, as I mentioned earlier, this is it, right? Kansas State's a team that's all of a sudden kind of hitting that back end of the season. And when you have a lot of first-time starters, first-year starters, those guys' legs start to wear down in the second half of the season, right? First-time, big-time college football, first full season. It's like guys going college to the NFL. Those last few games, they wear on them because their bodies aren't used to it. Same thing looks like it's happening uh, to Kansas State. Baylor needs to come out after that brutal loss against Texas Tech where they blew a two-touchdown lead, and they've got to they've be in this game. Dave Aranda's going nowhere. He's fine, but I'll tell you right now, you win one game in your first year after a team got to a Big 12 title the year before. I know they lost a lot of guys, but that's not going to sit well with a lot of fans. Coming up next, our picks and previews going into Week 12 in the Big 12 on heartlandcollegesports.com. Well, it's time to get it going with our Week 12 Big 12 picks. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's always great to be here with you, and let's get right to it this week in the conference. All right, the Friday, Black Friday game, 11 a.m. kickoff. It's Iowa State and Texas. It is the best game of the weekend in the conference, and Iowa State, It's a two-point dog, and I'm rolling with the Cyclones in this game for a handful of reasons. First off, early money, 58% is on the Longhorns, but the line is moving in favor of Iowa State. It opened up at Texas minus 2.5. It's now Texas minus 2, but 6 out of 10 bets are on the Longhorns. That means the wise guy money is on Iowa State, and I'm rolling with them here. Uh, A couple of reasons. First off, for Texas to win, they've got to stop Brees Hall in the running game and they got to get the passing game going really effectively and efficiently. Both those things have to happen, and they got to happen at the same time. That's tough to do. 
especially with the way Iowa State is playing and the way they played against Kansas State this past week. And I know it might be a recipe for a letdown game. I understand that mindset. But this is a different team than I think even Iowa State fans might be expecting. I understand you're waiting for the other shoe to drop after a great performance this past week. Hey, they're trying to win the first Big 12 title in 108 years. I, I just don't see it with this team this year. I really don't. Um, also, Iowa State is 4-2 and two against the spread in the past six games. And if you want another X factor here, it's penalties. Texas is the most penalized team in the Big 12 against the least penalized team in the Big 12 in Iowa State. In a close game like this, those things can play a role. And if you want a little icing on the cake, how about this? I, You know, this is very, I don't typically go into the weeds like this because oftentimes these stats are meaningless. But if you want something to put you over the edge, Texas on Friday is never a good bet. One in six against the spread on Fridays for the Longhorns going back the past, whatever, seven games on Friday they've played. So we've got Iowa State plus two. Then it's Oklahoma State taking on Texas Tech. I believe I mentioned earlier in the show this game was in Lubbock. It is in Stillwater. I apologize for that. And uh, the Pokes are a double-digit favorite. And guess what? I'm going with them. I'm going to buy the half a point and go Oklahoma State minus 10 in this game. A couple of reasons why. It's easy, easy, easy to see that performance and say, oh, pokes are done, no juice. Uh, They can still make a Big 12 title game, as I told you guys earlier in the show. Uh, They can still do that. The weak point for Oklahoma State is the offensive line, right? We've known that. OU took advantage of it. That's why I picked the Sooners this past week. But Texas Tech does not get to the quarterback. They are ninth in the Big 12. In sacks, 12 sacks in eight games. Meantime, Oklahoma was first in the Big 12 in sacks. So you go from a a great defensive line to a not great defensive line. That's good for Oklahoma State. That's good for the offense and the running game to get it going, open things up for the passing game in turn. And Oklahoma State is good as a favorite against the spread. 10-5 and against the spread as a favorite in their past 15 games. So that's a, a big deal. Meantime, Texas Tech has the second-worst rushing defense in the Big 12, along with its inability to get to the quarterback. You know, Alan Bowman's going to start the game, but Henry Columbia's going to play. What does that mean? Uh, that's, uh, you know, confusion there, possibly. And Tech is not good on the road. 0-5 against the spread in their last five road games. So there you go as well. So I'll take Oklahoma State minus the 10. I'll buy the half a point if you need to. Then we've got uh, K-State and Baylor. K-State, the number is growing against Kansas State in this game. As of the time, I'm having this conversation with you. Uh, K-State's a five-and-a-half, five-and-a-half-point underdog against Baylor, who's won one game this year against Kansas. And I know the uh, mindset might be, well, Baylor's due. You know, they've had some leads. They've blown those leads, uh, i.e. Texas Tech. But... Here's the part of this as well. Like I was going through, as I always do, the Big 12 team stats. Baylor hasn't played Oklahoma. And they haven't played Oklahoma State. So their stats might be skewed a little bit without those two teams being factored in. But still, they're bottom at best middle of the pack in most of the team stats in the conference. But here's here's the biggest reason why. Kansas State has obviously lost three in a row. But it's seen the offensive line get smoked against Iowa State against West Virginia and against Oklahoma State. Those are three of the top four teams in the Big 12 in getting to the quarterback. 
Baylor doesn't do that this year. They're eighth in the Big 12 in sacks this season. And this past week in Farmageddon was a perfect storm. They dealt with COVID issues. Guys weren't playing because of crazy contact tracing rules that are in place. Uh, that Kansas State is coming back down to earth a little bit, okay? They're not the team that they were when they beat Oklahoma. We know that. But they're not worthy of being a five-and-a-half or six-point dog against Baylor, who's only beaten Kansas. That's just that's big-time disrespect. Chris Kleiman's going to bounce back. I'd try to get it at six. I'm going to buy the half a point. So let's say K-State plus six against Baylor. Baylor can win the game, but a six-point favorite for this team. I may come out looking like a horse's rear end here, but I'm not buying it. K-State plus six. All right, we got Oklahoma, West Virginia. The Sooners are rolling, baby. I mean, they are rolling. 5-0 and against the number in their last five games after rolling through Bedlam. They're 6-2 and against the spread on the season. Now, got to give it to the Mountaineers. They're 4-0. and 4-0-1 at home against the number this year. They play very well in Morgantown. That's been the case for a while, but it's the case again this year. They've got to keep this thing low scoring. They've got to get a t- couple turnovers, and they've got to own the time of possession. These are the number one and number two teams in the Big 12 in time of possession. West Virginia's got to own that to pull off this upset on Saturday in Morgantown. That being said, that being said, the line is moving in favor of the Sooners who are 11-point favorites. They're only getting 45% of the bets, but the line is moving, meaning the smart money is on the Sooners in this game, and I'm with the smart money as well. This Oklahoma team is on a damn mission. If you're not watching this team play, they are on a mission. It's like the defense is trying to prove that, hey, Oklahoma football is not all about offense, okay? Look at what we can do. The running game is absolutely outstanding. The matchup to watch inside of any game this week is the West Virginia defensive line versus the Oklahoma offensive line. OU is going to get enough done, though, on that side of the ball with that running game that I have uh, confidence that they are going to pick up a convincing victory. And they have just owned the Mountaineers since they got into the Big 12. Oklahoma is 5-0-1 against the spread in their past six six games against West Virginia. They are 8-0 straight up against the Mountaineers since they joined the Big 12. So they've had the number. They've had the number for the West Virginia Mountaineers. I don't see that changing. On top of that, the Mountaineers are ninth in the Big 12 in penalties. You can't do that against Oklahoma trying to pull off the upset as a double-digit dog. You just can't do it. So as much as I have been a big fan of West Virginia this year, Oklahoma is, I mean, they are playing out-of-this-world football right now, some of the best football in America the last month or so, and I see that continuing. A lot of these guys that are coming back from suspension that um, are, are just growing through a tumultuous season by OU standards, boy, they're motivated. Not to say West Virginia's not, but this OU team is just uh, too darn talented and playing too well right now. They're clicking on all cylinders. I'm taking Oklahoma minus 11. Last but not least, we've got TCU and Kansas. So all indications are you should take KU in this game. Why? Because TCU and Gary Patterson always struggles with Kansas. He's uh, one in five against the spread at KU in his past six games. He's two and six against the spread in his last eight games against KU, no matter where it is. But Kansas is so bad. Oh, six and one this year against the number. I bet him once, and it was my only loss in a KU game this year. 
I can't do it. And by the way, TCU has been sneaky good running the ball. They're uh, averaging 4.4 yards per carry this year. That's third best in the Big 12. And the KU defense is, is really bad against the run. They are 10th dead last in the Big 12 against the run, giving up 5.3 yards per carry. So history says take KU. I can't do it. Not this year. TCU minus 25 against KU. So we've got Iowa State plus two against Texas. Oklahoma State minus 10 against Texas Tech. K-State plus six against Baylor. OU minus 11 against West Virginia and TCU minus 25 against KU. We are 22 and 16 on the season. Enjoy the games this weekend, guys. We'll see you on Sunday afternoon for the uh, recap show as we do each and every Sunday right here on the podcast. So do not miss that. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating and a review and we'll get you a free Heartland College Sports Koozie in the mail when you leave us that rating and review. That's uh, my way of saying thank you for taking a moment out to leave a rating and a review. You guys are awesome. Enjoy the games. Don't forget about our friends at mybookie.com with the promo code BIG12, BIG12, to get that 100% sign-up bonus when you deposit now at mybookie.com, promo code BIG12. And I'll note this quick as well. If you're not on our Big 12 forums, get on there. They're free. We give away 20 bucks every week to the best poster. So it's a way for us to build our Big 12 community to get to know you guys even better. Just go to heartlandcollegesports.com. Click on the members forum. It's free. Get to hang out with Big 12 fans, talk some smack, and uh, have some fun. Thanks so much, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you soon.